Let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, <clears throat> and uh, we'll be looking at the woman with the alabaster box tonight and asking the question, are we giving our best? Are we giving our best to the Lord? Matthew 26, and I respect for the Word of God, if you wouldn't mind standing uh, for the reading, Matthew 26, and, uh, verses 1 through 13. Craig, where's that cold water at? Oh, is this it? We'll take that one. If it was yours, sorry. All right, Matthew 26, verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for so much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always." For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for memorial of her. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight, and uh, we thank you for your graciousness towards us, your mercy, and the opportunity to come into your house once again to worship you and to sing praises to your name, to hear your word preached again. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to evaluate our lives, our priorities, our use of time, our interests, to determine whether or not we truly are giving the best that we can. Are we doing all that we can do for Jesus? I do pray it should help us to be reminded that the things we do for him are not waste and that they are worthy and uh, that God uses us. Help us to have that desire to be used by him. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jesus is in the house of Simon the leper uh, for a meal here in uh, this passage. And, uh, and we read of uh, the same events uh, in Mark chapter 14, uh, verses 1 through 9. So let's uh, hold our finger there in Matthew 26. Just turn over to Mark chapter 14. And uh, there's a, a little bit more commentary there about this. In Mark 14, and verse 1, the Bible says, After two days was the feast of the Passover and unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast, say, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. 
And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And uh, we're not going to turn there tonight, but in John chapter 12, there's a, a similar episode. It's a little different. And uh, Mary of Mary and Martha fame came and uh, had an ointment that she placed on the feet of Jesus. And uh, in Judas, uh, we know, was, uh, had indignation about uh, all the, the use of these ointments as well. Uh, something else that we've learned, uh, as he held the bag, the Bible says. In other words, he kept the offering for the poor, and uh, it was his desire uh, that these ointments be so liquidated and, uh, and then placed in the bag. Well, uh, there was something else that was in the bag, and that was Judas's hand, as uh, he would often give to himself from what was given to the poor. And so that was why there was so much indignation about this so-called waste and why there is so much attention to what its cash value would be, 300 pence. And so we see Jesus in the house of Simon the leper, and he's having this meal. And, uh, and there's this unnamed woman that comes with an alabaster box and uh, breaks it, and she pours this ointment on the head of Jesus. And you might wonder, you know, what was the, the meaning of all this? What was she doing? Well, it says that there was an alabaster box. And uh, alabaster was considered the best material in which to preserve uh, ointments or fragrant oils and lotions. And when it speaks of breaking the box, it probably indicates that there was some type of seal on a container uh, that indicated that it had not been opened before, and when she opened it, she would have to break the seal, and hence the phrase, break the box, and empty the contents. We also learned that uh, it was, this dinner was taking place in the house of Simon the leper, and, uh, and it was in Bethany, and uh, this woman, she comes, she breaks this box, or this ointment of spikenard, which is very precious, as it's described. And uh, the ointment is called the spikenard, uh, which was highly valued as a luxurious item. Okay, so this is a very sweet fragrance. It's very costly. Uh, it's indicated that it was valued at 300 pence, uh, and that was equivalent to almost an annual salary of a laborer at the time that this was written. Uh, so for, you know, most of the folks that would congregate around Jesus, this was a very a significant sum that she would have to accrue in order to uh, get this box. We don't know much about her, uh, really anything. We don't know if she had a family, if she uh, saved up this money by herself or not, but that may very well have been the case. And it says that she poured the ointment on 
Jesus. Jesus said of this, For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. You know, Christ at this point is uh, a short period of time from being crucified. And he would be offered as a sacrifice for our sin. And uh, perhaps she was aware enough of prophecy uh, to realize that his body needs to be prepared for burial. Maybe, maybe not. But suffice that to say, his body was being prepared for burial. Amen. And, uh, and it was just another indication of the fulfillment of prophecy. And she poured her oil on his feet, and Mary of Mary and Martha poured on his head, uh, symbolizing, indicating his entire body is prepared for sacrifice. And what about her motive? We believe that she was grateful. She had to have been grateful for him. And she must have believed in him. Why else? Why else would she take something of such great value and empty it upon his head, uh, most likely in a, in a very uh, gracious, meaningful manner, much like Mary of Mary and Martha placed on his feet and wiped the ointment with her hair. That this was a, an expression of love and an expression of devotion, uh, a indicator of the firm belief and trust that she had in him. And it says something about how much he meant to her. She didn't want to give the Lord just any old thing. She, she probably got or may well have gotten the most costly thing that she had, something that took perhaps years for her to save up to obtain and gave that to the Lord. It was something precious to her. It was something costly. Uh, it was something that indicated a great deal of investment and time and priority that she was willing to give, that she wanted to give. And as she poured this on his head and Others were met with indignation. Jesus said of it that she has done what she could. She has done what she could. And, uh, and I think that's an important point. You know, this is what she could do. What can we do? Amen. You may not have an alabaster box filled with some precious ointment. Okay, obviously not. But what can you do? You know, oftentimes we think, well, if I had this, or I was this, or I was able to, to do this or that or the other thing, I would do this for Jesus. I would do this for the Lord. But what can you do? What do you have the capability of now? If she considered the question, she knew the answer. And I think we know the answer for ourselves as we think about it. And just think, what can I do now? The most valuable thing, of course, that you can do is to give yourself. And everybody can do that. Amen? You can give of yourself. You have time, you have interests, and you have the ability to make priorities. We all have that. Amen? Don't look at this and think, well, I don't have anything that costs a year salary to give. That, that's not the point. 
give of yourself. Amen. What did the Macedonians give? They gave of themselves. And that resulted in them being able to do a whole lot more than that, but that was where they started, and that's where we need to start. Do what you can. She gave what she could. Perhaps she also knew that she had limited time. Limited time. You know, Jesus references this. He says, you know, when they, they, were, they had indignation about not giving this to the poor, Jesus says, the poor are always going to be with you. But me, speaking of his earthly presence and ministry, you're not always going to have that. And did they really know how short a time period they had? I don't know. But the, but the fact that he said that and how he said it seems to indicate that they had some idea that they had limited time because he's holding them accountable for that. Amen? We need to realize time on earth is only so long. Amen? We only have so long to do what we can. So don't delay. Don't delay. She knew she had limited time. Don't delay. You know, the greatest decision that any of us can make is to give of our heart to Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you're here tonight and there's never been a time in your life when you sincerely uh, and personally ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of being a sinner and to be your Savior. You need to do that. Amen? We don't know how much time we have left. This is something every human being needs to do. And we ought not to delay trusting in Him as our Savior. And so we've seen her her view and her motive, but consider the world's view as well. I think we find that in verse 8 in Matthew 26 when it's recorded, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And uh, we've already said that Judas certainly had a hand in that point of view. And isn't that kind of how the culture views what Christians do for Jesus Christ? And I think what's regrettable here is the comment isn't necessarily limited even to Judas, but even the disciples, Peter, James, John, surrounding Jesus, shared in this viewpoint. Well, that's such a waste. I mean, why is she doing that? Why is she, why is she wasting that ointment? You know, I could have done this, could have done that. And they had this idea or this opinion that this was a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of resources. They thought her devotion was wasteful, and they had indignation, that is, anger towards it, mingled with contempt and disgust. They didn't think pouring out the ointment on Jesus was a good use of it. You know, the culture around us certainly does not value what Christians seek to do for their Savior. Amen? They're not, they don't appreciate it. We understand that. And uh, it's really kind of to be expected. I mean, how could they appreciate it? If someone is lost, the book of Corinthians says that they are not able to discern spiritual things. They can't understand. 
there's no way they can comprehend why a Christian would want to read their Bible. They have no way of understanding why a Christian would be worshiping Jesus on a Wednesday night. Amen? I mean, this is just mind-boggling. What do you mean? You just go to your religious service on Sunday morning, and then you're done. That's their viewpoint of religion. That's its usefulness to them. But for us, it is certainly not a waste. Amen? Now, let me give you another thought on this. So oftentimes, you yourself are your own worst critic. And you will think of the things that you do for Jesus many times in a negative light. Because the flesh within us will try to get that voice in our head telling us, why are you doing this for Jesus? Why are you doing that for Jesus? Why do you do this? Why do you put up with that? What a waste, what a waste, what a waste. And that negative voice, which is motivated by the flesh, which is prompted by the devil, will get us to think that what we do for Christ is a waste. Nobody listens. Nobody responds. Nobody does this. You do this, and this doesn't happen, right? Because Satan always wants to put everything in form of a quid pro quo, right? If you do something, you should have something in return. This woman took something that was very costly, poured it on Jesus' head, and you know what happened next? Nothing. Nothing. She didn't get anything. No tangible item. Now, she did get one thing, criticism. Amen? That's all she had for it. Sometimes that's all you get. Now what are you going to do? You've got to decide, you know what? What I value in this experience is the doing of it and the giving of it and the, and the devotion involved in it. And that is enough. Amen? I don't need anything else. And I think if we're honest, if, I mean, how many of you have ever looked at this and said, oh, well, what she did was a waste? I mean, have you ever thought that as you read this? Certainly you've read this. You've read this in Matthew. You've read this in Mark. You never once thought that, did you? And in fact, I would suggest that probably as you read it, you thought, wow, she was really committed. Well, I wish I had that kind of commitment. Isn't that why we're looking at it tonight? Don't we look at it tonight because it is established as a memorial of her devotion to Jesus Christ now and forevermore? That's what Jesus said about it. A lot of times the things you do for the Lord, there is nothing in return. Except your devotion in the act and the appreciation that God has of it. Amen? Sometimes even the things that you do are met with criticism and indignation and skepticism and questions. Amen? Do you think she had any regrets about this? I don't. I don't. Even after the criticism, she didn't. Because I don't think she really cared what they thought. 
And you can probably guess she probably, if, if she was smart enough to get 300 pence worth of oil together, she was probably smart enough to know what the reaction was going to be. She probably knew people well enough to know what the reaction would be. And she probably didn't care. Not because she was insensitive, not because she didn't care about the disciples, but rather that her devotion to Jesus just kind of overrode every other reaction she could have. It was not a waste. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She hath wrought a good work on me. She's done what she could. We need to do what we can, regardless of what we get in return from God or anybody else. And our last point tonight, her memorial. Her memorial. What the disciples say, how they react, they said for over in Mark, for I might have been sold for more than 300 pence and I've been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. That was their perspective. Here's Jesus' perspective. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. From the disciples, criticism. From the Savior, a compliment. What a difference. I wish the disciples could have gotten on the same page as God on this thing. Amen? But they didn't. I mean, they... You know, you have to love them. I mean, they, they do a lot of wonderful things, but there were just times where you just wonder, what in the world were they thinking? And it says that it will be spoken of for a memorial for wherever the gospel is preached. And that's exactly what we did tonight. We rehearse. A memorial means there is a remembrance of. And we just remembered her devotion all over again. And we remembered the disciples' criticism all over again. <laughs> Talk about words they wish they could have taken back, right? But this devotion of her memorial, she is so glad she did that. Amen? Because she's in heaven tonight rejoicing with the Savior, knowing that she did what she could when she could do something. Amen? What can you do? Can you give your best? You know, what is our memorial? What will be the testimony that people remember of us? Is it devotion or is it criticism? Is it commitment? to our Savior. What will we be remembered for? Give our best. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight, and uh, we thank you for your grace towards us. We don't deserve it, and uh, we're thankful for this woman in her alabaster box and her devotion, her commitment to you. Uh, in, in spite of what she received in return, I do pray it should help each of us to determine in our heart and in our life, 
that we'll give our best to the Lord, uh, that, that we will do what we can, that we'll put forth effort, not looking for something in return, but looking to invest in you with our devotion and our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.